come from point blank range. You can't put it in the lead column. Yeah, baby, yeah, baby, This is Flames Talk with Pat Steinberg on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. All right, welcome to a uh, special edition of Flames Talk on Monday, May 1st, the day the Flames make their decision and make their decision when it comes to the future of head coach Daryl Sutter, who uh, it was uh, first broken by the man who's going to kick us off on this special edition of Flames Talk, Elliot Friedman, just after, just around 10 a.m. Calgary time, just before really, uh, broke the news that the team was making a coaching change. It's now official. Daryl Sutter. Sutter has been uh, let go as head coach of the Calgary Flames. Welcome to special edition of Flames Talk. Steinberg with you from the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems Hot Stove Lounge at the Scotiabank Saddledome and on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline right now. Elliot Friedman is with us as uh, we get some instant reaction to this one. Uh, Fridge, I, I know you did Merrick a little bit ago and, and I guess uh, now that you've had a little bit more time to uh, process this one, how, uh, how, do you, how do you react to the news out of Calgary on this Monday. I don't think I'm incredibly surprised, Pat. I think this had been building. Um, for those of you who didn't hear me uh, on with Jeff, I'll, let me just walk through the process as I as I understand it. Um, after the season over was over, and before Brad Tree Living announced that he wasn't uh, going to stay with the Flames, the Flames had exit meetings with their players. That's pretty common at the end of the year. You sit down with the players, you talk to them. Um, usually those meetings are 10 to 15 minutes, but I heard in this particular case, you know, the Flames indicated that these were going to be longer. And after uh, the year that the Flames had, um, there was, you know, they really wanted to hear what the players had to say. Um, you know, look, the, the Flames fans out there in Calgary, your listening audience, Pat, they don't need me to remind them what kind of a year this was. Um, and, they wanted the flames wanted to know everything and tree living was in those meetings. And so was Don Maloney and some of them lasted an hour and the players said everything they had to say. And, you know, basically what it came down to was that uh, one of the issues was that there just wasn't a great relationship between coach and players. And, um, and, and I think it, it, the more that the flames collected the information and presented the information to ownership. Um, I think that one of the things, and I think by then it was Maloney, uh, I think that Maloney had presented a situation where um, he said he didn't think it could continue. And uh, I think Sutter was informed yesterday. Okay. Um, uh, you know, I, and I, I think one of the things that ki- I'm kind of getting the impression too, Pat, is that, you know, I, I think Sutter saw it too from what, you know, a couple of people are telling me that, you know, after he heard what was said, that it, it probably wasn't going to work. And, uh, um, and you know, I, I think now, so, you know, uh, you know, True Living, you know, obviously he won't be back and now Sutter won't be back. I think the Flames have, are just in a situation now where from an executive coaching standpoint, they're just going to start over, and they're going to they're going to they're going to come up with a new duo underneath uh, underneath Don Maloney, and um, it's it's going to be interesting. I I, I think uh, you know I, I think some of us had started to hear during the year that this what this was going to be not able, uh, untenable, and at the end of the year, I think everybody realized it. Yep. 
Elliot, the last time we spoke was two weeks ago on the day that Brad Living decided to walk away from the organization, and we talked then about how this felt like maybe a crossroads moment for the Flames, and, and now two weeks later, Daryl Sutter's no longer with the organization, so I guess it just continues to feel like kind of a, a crossroads summer for Calgary, hey? Well, I, I just think that after the year, that like this year, there was a lot of you know what someone said to me today, uh, Pat, was that this year there was a lot of focus uh, like uh, what was going on off the ice or around the ice as opposed to on the ice. Yeah. Like when you're playing in a season, the focus should be on the ice. You know, what do we have to do to get better? What do we have to do to win games? It seemed like this year a lot of the focus was off the ice. You know, what's going on in the dressing room? What's Brad True Living's future? You know, things like that. Um, and I just think it was a season full of distractions. And so I think what the Flames are kind of looking at is, do we eliminate all the, those distractions and say, okay, now we're going to focus on what it's going to take to winning games. And I think that's the goal. I think that's what they're looking at here eliminate those distractions and start worrying about winning games. Like, like I think one of the things here is that for the coach, how do you get Huberto on the right track? How do you make sure that your young players who've been tearing it up for the Wranglers this year can make the jump? Yeah. And I think that becomes your biggest question. Elliot Friedman's with us. Some instant reaction to the move today made by the Flames. Daryl Sutter fired his head coach, and uh, now the team is looking for a new general manager and a new head coach as uh, they enter this offseason. Elliot, as, as now that we've had a little bit of time to digest Brad True Living and the team parting ways, like how much how much of that was connected to Daryl remaining with the team? Do you believe? And and I I, I guess. Now that Brad has walked away, had this move been made earlier, do we think that that could have been avoided? That's one of the questions that's been asked a lot here over the last few hours since this news started to filter out. Well, I, I think, um, I, I th- you know, Jeff asked me the same question. Um, I think it's a great question. Um, you know, I think there's a, a possibility that would have been the case. The only thing is, like, like the one thing here about Tree Living and Sutter is, I don't think it's a it's a personal issue, but I think it's a professional one. Right. So if you reverse it, if you reverse it, then yes, it possibly changes. I think the only thing is though is that, you know, Tree Living's been there nine years, and I kind of wondered if he was ready for just a change. Like it was just a t- it was just a, like a an overall change, and the only reason I'm saying I'm saying not 100% yes, it would have been different as Pat is because I wonder about the answer to that question. Sometimes we just need change in our lives. Yep, yep, fair enough. Uh, Can you remember a situation where you've got a coach about to start a two-year contract extension or or a contract extension period and then something like this happens? I mean, when you talk about those exit meetings, the same thing that I've heard that, you know, those exit meetings were very, very blunt. And uh, I think two weeks ago on Monday when we first heard Don Maloney speak, you know, they were still trying to figure out how much of those exit meetings were just emotion and how much were really, really important things to act on. It just... I 
like I can't remember exit meetings having this much of an impact on the direction of an organization. Is that to, is that just recency bias for me? Um, I, the, the, the one I can remember off the top of my head is when John Tortorella was fired as coach of the Rangers, okay. the Rangers intended to bring him back. And there were some exit meetings that led to them changing their minds. Okay. Like I, I, I know that happened. So I, I would agree with you overall that it's rare, Pat, but it's not unprecedented. As for the extension question, that one I don't remember off the top of my head. Yeah. Two more quick ones for you. Appreciate the time on, on short notice. I really, really do. Where uh, What are you hearing on the GM search? I know you had mentioned uh, late last week that uh, Mark Hunter in London might be a guy that, that would be in the conversation. We know Conroy's name has been out there quite a bit. Uh, just overall, yeah. where are we on the GM search for the Flames? I think that, that, con- I think that those conversations are going to start this week. I wouldn't be surprised that the Flames are going to start reaching out to some people. And I don't know how the process is going to work, but have initial conversations. I think that's going to start this week if it hasn't started already. Um, I do think Hunter is on the radar, but I don't think he's the only one. I think, you know, obviously Conroy um, is, and I think there's a huge support for him uh, inside the organization um, for Conroy to get it. Um, uh, but I, I do believe that Hunter is on their list as well. And I do think he is a potentially serious contender. Um, but I, I'm sure there's others like, okay. I don't think it's just going to be like three or four people. I think they're going to really, uh, really try to look at a few different options here. And I then guess. the coach, yeah. the coach, um, like I think, like I know the organization thinks highly of Mitch Love. I know they think highly of Huska. Um, uh, I would, I would expect that they'll reach out to Andrew Burnett. Look, if you want someone to, uh, coach Huberto up, can't go wrong with a guy who helped coach him to 110 points last year. Yeah. So I'm sure he'll be a call too, but those are some of the initial names that you get, that have come through my way. Do you get the sense that'll be the GM's hire? Like they go GM and yes. then make the coach. Okay. Yes. Okay. I, I don't think, like, I don't think that's a smart thing to go the other way around like it just doesn't make any sense yep i agree with you wholeheartedly uh elliot appreciate the time thank you so much have a uh have a good time tonight watching game seven between the rangers and the devils and uh really appreciate the time on such short notice hey all right pat i, I assume the check is in the mail yes i uh i'll have it to you in a couple of years Take care, man. Bye-bye. Thanks, Elliot. Uh, Elliot Friedman, uh, Hockey Night, our Sportsnet NHL insider and more, joining us here on this special edition of Flames Talk from the Scotiabank Saddledome. He joined us from the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar or on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Barcast hotline using the same secret recipe since 1975. Dine in at 6060 Memorial Drive Northeast. Takeout or deliveries at 403-248-3344. It's Pat Steinberg, and uh, oh, look who I was able to lasso in to the Doug Lacey's you basement. You didn't have to lasso me in, buddy. I was guns blazing, ready to jump on with you today. It's lucky that you so you live so close, so you could just mosey on over here as soon as which, the news hit. Which should really give me like leeway to show up at like a minute before the press conference, but I still like to you know see the familiar faces and see the media friends, and, and yeah, I don't spend enough time with you, so I figure why not. What uh, was your reaction on Monday morning when that news started trickling through? 
it felt like there was going to be some news. I didn't know necessarily what it was going to be, but the move today to a certain degree felt, for lack of a better term, maybe inevitable. It's a lot of money for the Calgary Flames to be walking right away from first and foremost, but I think it might have only been their only option. Um, from everything that we've heard, exit interviews with players, there were a few that were pretty um, honest and maybe blunt about what they were feeling in terms of the head coach. And when it is that two weeks ago now? Two, two weeks, weeks ago yep. to the day? Two weeks to the when day. When Don Maloney, the new president of hockey operations, says everything's under, under review, could have very easily given the lip service vote of confidence. But no, everything will be under review. And true to his word, at least the head coaching position was because Daryl Sutter is out as head coach of the Calgary Flames. So to a degree, you knew news was coming. And when you don't get a vote of confidence and you hear rumblings that players were quite dissatisfied um, in their relationships or dealings or whatever it happened to be, you're bringing in a new GM as well. That guy's going to want to make a decision or he's going to at least want to have some input on who his coach is. So you start lining up the dominoes yeah. and then segment one falls, segment two falls, segment three falls, and here we are today. Later this hour, it'll be the live news conference with President of Hockey Operations, Don Maloney. He will uh, address us after this news. If you're just joining us, Daryl Sutter fired his head coach by the Flames uh, just before his two-year extension was set to kick in. So uh, definitely a significant move for that reason alone. And then on top of that, you make a coaching news with a future Hall of Fame head coach. It's, it's always going to be, uh, it's always going to be a, a big day. It's funny. I think this is a move that needed to happen. Um, just coming out of the season and going down the stretch, like we knew when we'd been talking about this for the weeks leading up to the end of the year, we knew Jonathan Huberdeau and Daryl Sutter were not on the same page. We knew Nazem Kadri and Daryl Sutter were butting heads. Um, and, and they weren't the only two. I think Lindholm was one of them. Well, when um, Lindholm comes out and says, you know, I've got one more year, I've got one more year, when asked if he's willing to sign an extension, I wonder how much of that was I'm not sure I want to be around for this coach. I believe I believe he's one of the guys that that all uh, all year had, had not been on the same page necessarily with Daryl and wasn't the the largest fan of the approach and he wasn't the only veteran either. There were right. multiple veterans that um, they they that were not on the same page and were not seeing eye to eye with this head coach. Now so, having having said that too, sorry to interrupt. Yeah. There were some players that heavily endorsed Daryl as well. So I'm not going to make this an avalanche of every single player in that room needed no, Daryl gone. No, definitely not. Trevor Lewis really endorsed him. Nikita Zadorov really endorsed him. Tyler, Tyler Toffoli really yeah. endorsed him. So I'm, I'm not trying to create an avalanche of every single player needed this guy gone. No, but the problem is, is that when you've got players to the extent of Jonathan Huberdeau, Nazem Kadri, Elias Lindholm, and you know a couple of other what could be your three that, highest paid players in theory. Exactly. You you, you kind of have to listen. And I, look, I don't know if Lindholm is going to resign, but if not having Daryl back gave you a better chance of keeping Lindholm, you got to side with Lindholm. You just do at this stage of the game. And and if Jonathan Huberdeau is going to be a more effective player with somebody else as their head coach, you just heard Elliot talk about maybe Andrew Burnett being a guy the Flames would go after because of his history with Huberdeau and him having 115 points under Burnett last season, then you have to think about doing that. You I And, and if the relationships weren't going to be fixed, and I know you didn't hear this, but Elliot even said, which I thought was really interesting, um, I thought it was fascinating to hear him say that even Daryl, once he heard about these exit interviews, knew that this probably couldn't be fixed. And I thought that was really interesting too. But if this couldn't be fixed, you had to make a change. If and 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 I had said this going back to March. 
if Huberdo and Sutter or Kadri and Sutter or player X and Sutter, if that relationship can be fixed, then maybe there's a way to go forward. But if if that cannot be figured out, if the two sides cannot come to an agreement where it's tenable, then a change has got to be made. And at this point, you're not trading Jonathan Huberdo before his eight-year contract even kicks in after the season he had. You're just not going to do that. And Nazem Kadri, you're probably not dealing him. That's a difficult contract to move. The move to make was to to say goodbye to the head coach. And yes, it's going to cost you upwards of $8 million with two years left on the extension. But again, compared to the money you have invested in your roster, it it pales in comparison. You have $84 million coming to Jonathan Huberto over 10 years versus $8 million over two years to Daryl Sutter. You've got, what, six years remaining, seven seven million, so 42 with Nazem Kadri. And then again, you wrinkle in some of the other contracts where... Elias Lindholm was non-committal in signing. Well, maybe he does now, but he's going to command, you know, at least $64 million, I would imagine. You've got Michael Backlund, whose contract, you're not really worried about the financial term, but you've got a long-term veteran that was still a little non-committal in staying long-term. And again, I'm not going to tie Michael Backlund specifically to Daryl Sutter, but you start looking at the value of your roster versus the value of your head coach. And at some point, you've got to lean towards your roster. And it's... This isn't to say that the coach is always wrong or the coach is always going to lose, but you've got roughly $84 million a year to your left and you've got $4 million to your right. The $84 million, chances are, outvalues the $4 million to the, to the other side. Uh, let's uh, read some texts at 960-960. Um, this says, tough when a couple crybabies come in and get the coach fired after year one. I don't know if uh, it was, as, as we said, it wasn't just those two guys. So that is a poor, uh, that is a poor characterization of the situation. Um, this reads, if Sutter leaving means some of the player extensions may actually happen, that's wonderful. It's too bad, though, that Trey Living didn't stick around. You can't get much better than him. Also, would Kachuk have stayed if Sutter wasn't going to be staying? I don't, I don't know. I really don't know about that. I do think there was more of an impact. I think Sutter being the head coach impacted Matthew's decision significantly more than it impacted the decision of Johnny Gaudreau, but I don't know if he would have stayed. I really don't know. I don't know if that's the the main motivation for Matthew Kachuk to leave Calgary and, and join the Florida Panthers, especially knowing, again, and Matthew Kachuk's smart enough to know when he comes from a hockey family, even if you are dissatisfied with the head coach, you're going to outlive him in the organization if you sign a long-term extension with the Calgary Flames. So I can't imagine the situation where Matthew Kachuk looks yeah. and goes, oh, no, you know what? I can't have this. Uh, this reads, Sutters uh, has coached only four full seasons as Flames head coach, 04 uh, to the Cup Final in 06. Uh, no, that's not quite true. It was uh, December of – he started in December of 02. 2002, yeah. Uh, so he coached the half the 0203 season, then 0304. Lockout. Uh, then there was a lockout. Then he coached 0506. Um, then he coached the full season last year and this year. So two full seasons uh, this past go round, and two full seasons the last go round as head coach. So the the yes, it's four full seasons. Just um, oh, you know what? I'm going to back that up because I see what this text is trying to say. Gotcha. Uh, it was just the way it was formatted. So I backed that off. Sorry. Uh, 
head coach in 04 for the cup final, 06 division title, 2022 division title, uh, and the second round 2023 missed. No other coach has come close with what Sutter's done for this franchise. The players have cried and quit on every other coach they've had in the past 10 years. They haven't had a coach longer than two and a half years. It's clear that the players who are the problem get rid of them. All they, uh, all of them aren't winners. They're quitters. Now, to inject on that, though, what is there, like five guys left? That is there, there that many from, like, Glenn Gullitson era? Like, are we even there? Like, well, just Backlund, Backlund, not even Rasmus? You didn't? Rasmus, yeah, Rasmus bubbled, maybe right at the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, it's a lot of coaches year over year over year. But to just collectively say that this team quits on coaches, I, I don't necessarily buy that. I do find it interesting that that's, what, two of the last four that have won Coach of the Year, Jack Adams, and then have been gone yep. the next year? Yep. Uh, this says, with this flawed roster, Calgary just lost their slim chance of winning the Cup with this iteration of the team. Uh, say hello to several years of mediocrity, mediocrity Alec Gullitson, Peters, and Ward. Uh, this says, uh, if getting rid of Sutter makes Huberdeau and Kadri turn into game breakers, so be it, because I thought that's what they were going to be, uh, and that's what they look like this season. So there you go, just a little bit on the text line at 960-960. Thanks to Elliot Friedman for joining us a little earlier this hour. Aaron Vickers, Pat Steinberg from the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems, Hot Stove Lounge at the Scotiabank Saddle Dome. They're your local experts for basement waterproofing, sump pumps, crawl spaces, foundation repair, and radon mitigation. They're all things basement-y. Visit dlbasementsystemscalgary.com. Anything and everything Calgary Flames. It's all on Flames Talk. Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Let's check in with President of Hockey Operations, Don Maloney, right now coming down on short notice and uh, appreciate you taking a little time out of your day to race over here. Um, as you all know, we uh, announced this morning that we're replacing uh, Daryl Sutter, relieving him of his head coaching duties. Um, as you do at the end of every season, you do a thorough review of your season. I, uh, I interviewed 35 or 25 players, coaches, coaching staff, training staff, spoke to prominent agents for, um, who represent key players on our team, and uh, it became clear to me that we needed a new voice uh, to guide us forward. Uh, Daryl is a good coach and experienced coach. Um, I want to thank him for his three years of uh, being behind the bench and, and doing the best job he could do. Um, just looking at looking at the league today, and uh, you, you, you look around the league and the coaches and the tenure of coaches, and you realize that after two, three, four years, um, the players start listening. Uh, it, this is not something new to uh, certainly to the Calgary Flames. Uh, uh, it's very rare that. Uh, when you start just looking at the other head coaches around the league after after that time period, generally it's it's uh, unless you have uh, winning um, changes are made. So I do feel this is the uh, the best way for us to proceed as a club, and it's exciting time because we have a good team, we have good players, and uh, if if what we've seen over the last two weeks watching playoff hockey, anybody can beat anybody at any time, and I'm excited about the getting back next year on the ice with a new coach, uh, a new general manager, and, uh, and getting back into the, the playoff game. 
Any questions? Thank you, Don. We'll open for questions. Why don't you start here, Glenn? Don, just what was the conversation like with Daryl? I, uh, I uh, debriefed Daryl for two and a half hours, and uh, it, was, uh, it was, in my mind, very thorough, uh, trying to understand, uh, you know, his, his, you know what, what he did, how he viewed things. Uh, we, hey, listen, Daryl is a very sharp man. He's got a good hockey mind. Um, I found that uh, I think in today's, again, today's world, um, he's a firm coach, a hard coach, demanding coach, uh, that there's a, uh, there's a shelf life to that type, type of coaching. And uh, unfortunately for us, um, I, I think that, 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 uh, that his time, ex obviously I felt his time expired with us. I, but this is not taking anything away from who he is and what he does. And uh, his name with the Calgary Flame organization is, uh, is uh, even Alberta hockey, it's iconic, uh, the Sutter name. And uh, in my conversation with Daryl this morning, I said, Daryl, I hope we can get together uh, in the, down the road after the dust settles. We can have a coffee and talk about this in a little more depth. He's, uh, he's a good person and has a good hockey mind, but uh, I felt we needed a change. Um, will it be up to the new general manager to hire a new coach? Yes, absolutely. Right. Ha what happens now, I've been waiting on the make a decision on Daryl, and it did take time, and there's a lot of factors to go into a decision like this. Um, but now it's full steam ahead with searching for a manager, and, uh, and that manager and, and I will we'll look and find the right head coach for this club. And secondly, were there, were there players who said that they would not return if Daryl was back? Um, you know what, I'm not going to get into the specifics of my review with uh, players and staff, um, but I felt this was the right move for us moving forward. Brandon Parker? Don, when you, when you start to look at that path forward now, is this kind of this, the next stage and then it's all about uh, the GM kind of position here uh, on, on this for, in terms of what's next? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's the logical pattern is you hire a GM who hires a coach and, uh, and a staff, coaching staff. I, uh, you know, we have lots of time. It's the first of May. It's, it's not, uh, you're not dropping the puck anytime soon. So, um, but we've, you know, I've been working behind the scenes and starting to get names together and people that I'm interested in talking to. And uh, as we uh, move forward in the days and weeks ahead, I'd rather get something together sooner than later, but that'll, that'll just run its course. Eric Francis? Is there any chance that uh, the new GM you'd consider approaching Brad Living again about coming back? It's a good question, uh, but I, I, I don't believe so. I, I, think, uh, I think we're moving forward with uh, a new voice and a new vision, and, uh, and, and I'm excited about it. I think it's going to be good for, for um, Calgary hockey. If I could just follow up, just, can you just talk about the environment that Daryl had created here and whether or not you thought that was part of the problem uh, with the organization? You know, Eric, it really, rather than like, like with the players, uh, I, I'm just not going to comment on, on the, uh, I mean, you've been around the team and you, you guys can talk to players and coaches and, and form your own opinions. But uh, Daryl's a good coach and a good man, but it was time for us to have a new voice. And, uh, and that's why we made this decision. Moses. Dylan, just following up on that as well, um, given the, the timing of Sutter's firing and Brad Trilliving uh, stepping down, if it, the roles were reversed, would Trey Living still be in this spot today? Uh, it's a hypothetical. One had nothing to do with the other. Uh, Brad decided to, to, we had a mutual parting of ways. Um, you know, he needed some time. 
I did my uh, morning on Brad, uh, my wake on Brad, the last press conference I was here. Uh, um, no, Brad's going to be fine. Uh, he's a good man. He'll find a job when he decides he wants to, wants to get back into hockey. But one had nothing to do with the other. We know there obviously was a review with, with Darrow and it's come to this, but was there ever any point during the regular season with regards to Darrow Sutter's future and having him let go before to the end of the year, and why did it not get to that point? Listen, that's, again, Brad, Brad was the general manager of this club at the time, and uh, you'd have to ask him if that was ever discussed, but certainly to my knowledge it was not. A couple of quick ones for me. Um, maybe for starters, in your exit meetings with the players, what what sense do you get in terms of what does this team need? What qualities are you going to put highly on the must list for your next head coach? Well, I, again, I, the players were very, very frustrated with the season, um, as it happens uh, every year. Um, I think they truly believe we had a team good enough to be in the playoffs. Um, I don't think we have to do a ton. Uh, obviously, you have con we have contracts going forward in regards to penny UFAs and uh, uh, down the road. But when I mean, you look at our group, look at the strength in our group, we had some good news last week when talking to Oliver Shillington. It certainly seems he's in a very good place. Um, told, told me he's excited about coming back next season, which is a, a very positive for the organization. Um, but when you start looking at the depth from the goaltending to the blue line to the forward group we currently have, it's, it's strong. Now, do we have to make some changes? Yes, every year you're going to make changes to make it better. But do we have some young people that uh, need to get into our lineup to bring the speed and energy and enthusiasm that you need during the course of an 82-game season? So um, I think more or less it was just the, the disappointment in, in, in just uh, coming up well short of what our expectations were. Sorry, and what does today's news mean for the, the rest of your coaching staff? Um, once we get a general manager in place, uh, then we'll hire a coach, and, uh, and he'll have to determine his staff. Uh, Don, um, could you elaborate a little more? We, we've kind of heard bits and pieces of what might have been said in those interviews, and apparently some of them took over an hour long. Like, what, what did the players tell you that maybe not forced your hand, but that this was the right call? Well, it certainly didn't force our hands. I mean, everybody has their opinion. I, and again, I think it's today's player too. You know, 10 years and 20 years ago, you, they wouldn't say boo uh, generally. But now the players of today, they, they want a voice, they have a voice, and you have to listen to that voice. Now, it, you don't want to make it the inmates are running the, uh, uh, the asylum, so to speak. But... Uh, um, they had some real, real uh, observations and how we should, how we need to, uh, um, how in their minds, how we should move forward. And uh, again, I'm not going to get into specifics of it, but uh, it was just one piece of the, the puzzle. It was, uh, it was, uh, you know, really the whole evaluation was the entire organization, both inside and outside. And, and the agents you speak to, they have influence on players staying here, attracting new players. They have lots of voices so you just you try and touch base with everybody to say okay what what's your what's your take on it what's your read on it what do you think is happened here with your your client or other clients that might you know so it's it's that's why it's taken the two weeks that it's taken okay just one more um 
Next coach, are you looking for someone like Daryl who has loads of NHL experience, or are you open to giving a, a newcomer or a younger voice an opportunity behind the bench? Well, the first step is to get a manager. You know, the manager has the vision and the and the that how we need to play to be a champion and what we need to be a champion, and then that obviously comes down to the coach and, and finding that coach that's going to kind of fit that vision. And you have to look at our personnel, who we have. I still think with our group, we're in a window here that we can win something. And uh, I, this isn't a team that's going to you know, start selling off assets, at least in my opinion. We, we think we have a good group here. We, can, we, we certainly feel like we, we have enough here to be a playoff team. And if we do a good job in the summer and the fall and the winter, we'll be better positioned to be a playoff team next spring. Don, taking into account what you said about sort of the tenure of coaches around the league, this is this is sort of four head coaches since 2016 uh, for this organization, and I know there are extenuating factors mm -hmm. there, but how important is it to have some stability going forward and a, and a coach who can guide with a long-term vision? Well, it is uh, it is important, ideal world, and then you have the real world, <laughs> is that we're in a results business, and... Uh, we have to, got to stop talking about, oh, if we make the playoffs, we would have been a hard out. No, we didn't make the playoffs. So this team, we want results, and we have the players to do it. We have good players. We have top players in key positions. So we have to get the right manager and the right coach that can connect to the, I wouldn't say the right, a new manager and a new coach that can connect to today's player and get this group of flames, uh, drive them to where we, we want to take them. So it would be pretty hard to overstate how important these decisions this summer is just for the yeah, organization. I would say that's a fair statement. Yeah, it's it's exciting time, though, because this is new, and uh, everyone likes new, and uh, hopefully we make the right choice, which we will. John, you mentioned um, the, the players have, have changed over the years. What, in your observations, how has the game changed in terms of that integration of younger players, and is that something this organization maybe needs to do more of? I, I, that's a very good point because I do think the, the younger players now, at 18, they not only do they think they should be in the NHL, but a lot of them can play at the NHL at a younger age. They've been, they, they've been groomed, they've been trained, they've been, they, everybody has their personal trainers and, and uh, nutritionalists and masseuse, and, and they, they don't come into this league uh, anymore wide-eyed and say, oh my gosh, I, I'm over my head. They expect to get here and play and... Uh, so I, I do think uh, it's it's a different world that in that respect, um, but we and and I do think we uh, you know we have an older experienced team uh, here now. We could use a little more uh, youth and energy into our lineup. As every team, uh, you look around the league, you have to have young players on entry level contracts that are not just putting in six or seven minutes that can play meaningful minutes to have any kind of success. One, one other follow-up to earlier. You mentioned 20, you talked to 25 players. You mentioned some other you know, scouts and whatnot. Uh, Taking into consideration, did you do any, um, a couple pretty significant players left last summer, one, one as a free agent, one you know, with it via trade. Any, any kind of follow-up just to kind of see their rationale for leaving? Was that kind of factored no, in? No, that was not. Okay, we'll go to Brendan, and we'll finish with Wes. Go ahead, Brandon. You, you talked about internal candidates for the GM position, some strong guys, Craig and, and Brad. It, it, could the same be said about the coaching and, and obviously knowing what you know about your, your current coaching staff uh, that you had in place and, and maybe some potential candidates within 
within the system already? Yeah, it's a good question. Uh, really, I haven't haven't even looked at the coaching right yet. Uh, I think that the the steps to take are hire the manager that you believe in, and then let's look at the coaching. So I really haven't even gone down that road yet, Brennan. Um, there was lots of talk this season about the sort of heaviness around the saddle dome that there maybe weren't enough smiles in the locker room and elsewhere. Do you see a culture here that needs to change? Uh, again, I, 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 uh, I think we, we underachieved, and generally underachieving doesn't make for happy days. Um, we're optimistic when we hire the next manager and coach. We'll have a, a new attitude in the sense of it's a new, new beginning for for a lot of players, including some of our coach, uh, players that had difficult seasons this year. So uh, as much as this is uh, saying goodbye to a very good coach and a, and a, and a, and a, uh, a good person, uh, this is also an exciting time for us to say, hey, we're, 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 we're coming in fresh and new, and uh, we're going to bring energy and uh, excitement to the building, including the locker room. John, what was the conversation with Murray Edwards when, as this is going on, and, and what was his reaction when you sort of presented your findings or decision to him? Uh, listen, Murray is, uh, he's, uh, he's a very in-tuned uh, owner, um, very good instincts in not only the team around the league, uh, both John Bean and I have had a lot of conversations with Murray about uh, how to move this team forward, and uh, and if anybody thinks Murray is not re is removed or not paying attention, then they are sadly mistaken. So we uh, we have to continue to move forward, make good decisions, and and be better next season.